And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 266 of This Old Marketing, recorded on Thursday, April 7th, 2021. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and I think the only guy who's not trading up for a quarterback this year, Mr. Joe Polizzi. How are you? No, I think that actually we're okay on the quarterback front for the first time in 25 years. Yeah. What it, what's it's, the it's, what's the cowboy situation? Uh, well, we we have signed our uh, franchise quarterback of the next, well, certainly next five years, um, who is named Dak Prescott, and he seems to be coming along just fine with his rehabilitation. Is he going to play? The nasty energy. Oh gosh, he's going to play. I oh, you know what I I was thinking when I saw that football. I said he's he's out half of next year. As he's no no he's he's already there's already video of him. Throwing footballs, running around, yeah, he's he's already training. As soon as he got the check, he yeah, like, oh, <laughs> right. well, I'm good to that. go. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's going to be just fine. He's going to be just fine. There, it's it's going to be good. I mean the 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 real question for us is whether we're going to have a defense or not, and and you know it, it it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and but I'm looking forward to the draft. I, I'm I'm looking forward to the draft is coming up and the there's draft you know, in all Cleveland, sorts of buzz Ohio, around it. It's in Cleveland this year. Did you I know, know. this? And, I did know this. And they're not. Yes. And you you really can't participate. I mean, you yeah. can, but you can't. So it's so. I I wish they would defer it. I want it next year. Oh, oh! I see why. Because, because you want you want to go play. You want to go. I want to go there. Yeah. I want to go in. Yeah, I want right. to wear my. Where is it? Where is it being held? It's at the. It's right across. Shoot, I can't even remember the name of it. The, the the old convention center. It's right across the street from where we have Content Marketing World. I see. Down the oh, street I got gotcha. you. Yep, yeah. I know where that is. Yeah, over right. actually all, by the. It's by the Weston. It's by the Weston. Right. Yeah. In St. Clair. So, but they, you know, you can't fit more than 4,000 people in there. And then with, with social distancing, I'm sure there's going to be 17 people there. So it will be (laughs) right. Fantastic. Yeah, it's fine. No, I'm glad we have it. They've got, they've got a really nice display down on the water of all the, the football heads. I don't know what happened to the Cowboys football head. It it fell into the Cuyahoga river. So I don't know why that happened. I had nothing to do with it, but all the other ones are there. So you can go see those. <laughs> did it really? No, I'm it, just did, oh. You thought? Oh, okay. All right. All right. I, you know, kidding. it would not surprise me. There, there is enough hate for the Cowboys. No, out that there would be that the that Steelers. Would be, they would dump the Steelers yeah. one over, but the the Cowboys one. It actually, I'll have to show you pictures of it. It's pretty cool the way they have it. I mean, they're they're huge football helmets. All along. I don't know what they're made of yet. I've got to go see if they're bobbleheads. I'm push them around or something. But I think it's just they're little statues. So. I see. Oh well, that's that's yeah, that's it's lovely. lovely. It's lo- it's it is lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so <laughs> well, any, speaking was, of lovely, speaking of lovely, what you have launched? Like, uh, you know, is this business number seventy two, seventy three? Business for you? Business is this, which, which number is this for you? That of a new business? Well, if you're really counting, this is number four. Four. I see. This is number four. And actually, a lot of people don't know the, the how. So the first launch was Junta 42 in 2007. And then 2009, yeah. simultaneously launched Social Track, which was a blogging service for HVAC contractors. <laughs> There's yep. a niche for you. There you go. <laughs> and then, of course, sold, sold Social Track off. Junta 42 sort of morphed into what became Content Marketing Institute. So that was the big winner. CMI took off right away. You were part of that at the launch in 2010. Yeah, I remember now, a little bit of that. Yeah, And then now in 2021, we have The Tilt for Content yeah. Entrepreneurs, which is my new... Content Entrepreneurs is, is my new content marketing. That's my, that's, my, that's my thing. That's your creator class or creator economy. That's my... You're, yeah, you're I wrote a... It. Did you read the article I posted on it? I did. Absolutely read that. I read everything you do. You do write. not. You're, I do too. Uh, do you really? I am Where the you ardent the fan. 
Yeah. Um, I, I don't find the time, actually. I, I Yeah. <laughs> so, and yes, long story short, I've, I've been posting all this. What is con- what is a content entrepreneur? Why is it important? I'm, I've been positioning a content creator as a hobbyist person that creates content. Content entrepreneur is actually somebody that wants to create a sustainable business from that following the Content Inc. model and the stuff we talk about in Killing Marketing, that kind of if thing. If only there was a book and a model for people to follow to do <laughs> Why exactly are you being that. so nice to me? I, you know, That's because... so nice. And well, I have to yeah. say, it'll, it'll go out because you, you, know, you produced the trailer for my new book coming out, Content Inc., comes out in May, and you did a fantastic job with the trailer, so we're going to upload that pretty soon. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely a family affair going on as but. as that as your businesses always are yeah it'll be interesting i'm very excited about the tilt because we we're eating our own dog food here you you know how much i love email and we're we're an email newsletter we're, we're doing tuesday mornings and friday mornings a very lengthy email the emails are long they're like between 1500 and 2000 words and we're you know, basically covering the news and education for for content creators who want to be serious about the craft and actually build a business yeah. So we will it's see. Fantastic. Good launch. Every got nice kudos. Everybody was so sweet sending out notes on Tuesday when we launched. And our next one, actually, as this airs, the next one will be sent out at the same time Friday morning. There's rumors that some people are getting cookies. That's I'm just saying. That is a thing. <laughs> that is a thing. But see, yeah. okay. <laughs> you, what, you are so you crack me up, man. Yeah, so here's our in. Our, so my influencer plan. Obviously, you're in the book many times. You're actually on yeah. the cover of the new version of Content Inc. Because I got a. Yeah. I got you yeah. say something like it's the greatest digital model since you know human was created, or you That's have some right. kind of thing on that. But I was trying to figure out, okay, what can we do for influencers instead of oh, I'll send you out the book. It'll be great. And everybody gets that right. You get it a million times. Right. Hey, check my book out, and then would you? Yeah. And then, so we're, you know, we're very close friends with somebody locally that creates the most amazing cookies. And it's actually, a, you know, relation to Paul Reitzer of PR 2020 and Marketing uh, AI Institute. And so we're like, well, why don't we do something there? And this is not my idea. This is my wife Pam's idea. And she said, well, do this way. Get their address. Tell them we'll send them the book. And then they'll, we'll give them a drop down of which cookies they want. So there, you filled it out, right? There's like decadent chocolate and oatmeal yeah. raisin and snickerdoodle and whatever else you want. And I think that was like, they don't care about the book, Robert. The number yeah. one thing was give me my cookies. Absolutely. Give me my cookie order. <laughs> it's, you know, I think it's brilliant marketing, right? You have it. Here's the thing. When, when you get stuff and, you know, and, Basically, you get stuff when you when when you do this for a living, and the stuff you get is usually pretty useless. If I'm honest, right? You know, I, I will tell you. For example, I have a closet that has I'm going to guess thirty or forty water reusable cups. You know what I mean? Those those sort of travel cups yeah. that are all logoed. They're they're all logoed. And inevitably, one of those things shows up with, hey, here's here's our gift to you for whatever it is you did. And it's a logoed water cup. <laughs> and so you go, great. Or it's a logoed shirt or a logoed thing, right? And you, it's like you go, uh. So what you've done is brilliantly, you know, created something that people really want and will appreciate, which of course is great cookies. And I think, I think it's a brilliant plan. I'm just, I giggled at the note that I got. (laughs) I hope it finds me well. And it did. It found me well, Joe. It found me very well. I did personalize it a little bit. You did. You did. I might've said some words. You dropped the F-bomb in there. Yeah. 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 Which was, which was lovely. And and I got an F-bomb back. Which was yeah. just, which was just, and the, the best thing. So, so two things on this, by the way. Yeah. So let's just talk marketing for a second. Sure. If people are looking at doing this. It actually works. I think my, I sent these out last week. It does. Week. It absolutely does. I sent these out starting last week. I finished off with a couple on Monday and I've gotten 85% response rate on this thing. 
because people want their cookies. Yeah. Now, there's two amazing things here. First of all, people are, vo- by the way, if you would like to know what's winning, chocolate chip is 41%. So chocolate chip is the number one winner by far. And there far. are four choices. Yeah, there are there four are choices. One, two, six choices. No, seven six choices. choices. So oh, okay. seven Correct. choices. Yeah. In second is decadent chocolate. And what's funny is to listen, to look at the comments because yeah. the comments will say, how can anyone not choose decadent chocolate? <laughs> this is right. the comments yeah. I'm getting. Not like, thank you for the book. Good luck, Joe. It's like, yeah. give me my cookies. It's great information uh, for the cookie maker. It too, absolutely is. Third. Uh, no, I, I'm sorry. Third, you've got oatmeal raisin is a, is a very yep. tight third. And then you've got snickerdoodle. Uh, lemon is not a winner. Lemon and red velvet, not not doing well. Uh, and M&M's, M&M's okay. But yeah. really, it's chocolate and then followed by decadent chocolate. But I actually thought decadent chocolate would be more than chocolate chip. But people just like their chocolate chip, you know? I don't yeah, know. It's ba- you stick with the basics. I think that's that's it. You, you 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 dance with the one that brung you, as my dad used to say. That's exactly. You go. You know that you got a win. You know what you're getting. You know yep. exactly. But yes, thank you for all the support. It's been of course. It's absolutely. funny. I've been getting a lot of. Uh, I thought you were retired, Joe. Notes <laughs> from from people, and, and of course, it's it's the it's because of the vid. If it wasn't for the vid, and by the way, that's short for covid yeah, i gotcha yeah some thank people you. didn't thank you for that, that instructional if yeah yeah uh if it wasn't for the vid i probably would be on novel number three and by the way a hava tag you know hava we're, we're all good friends she is on me all the time sending me posts every time i post something she's like when's the next novel coming out she's incessant Aww, well that's nice she's and then she's then i posted on oh hey content inks coming out and she said is this the new novel I said, no, it's not really. She's like, well, she says, like, call me when you have the next novel. Yeah, call me when you have another novel, yeah. But yeah, I just skipped the novel thing and said, we're going to do the Content Inc. thing because it's so important to what's going on right now, or I think it is, and then cookies. So Yeah. Whatever. All right. Well, speaking of cookies, let's get to the news. Let's do that. Um, yes. And 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 in the top of the news, it's sort of hitting everybody's uh, feed, uh, as it were, over the last day or so, uh, is all about Facebook, actually. And uh, the fact that uh, hackers, um, which turns out not to necessarily be hackers, as the classic term would go, got more than half a billion, that's billion with a B, user phone numbers and contact information, um, which is, and there's a website uh, that we'll point you to where you can actually go find out if your phone number or email address is part of that giant database. Um, the news article that we'll, uh, we'll cover here comes to us courtesy of Vice, uh, where the headline is, uh, Facebook says it's your fault that hackers got half a billion user phone numbers. And the article opens up by saying, a database containing the phone numbers of more than half a billion Facebook users is being freely traded online, and Facebook is trying to pin the blame on everyone but themselves. Uh, A blog post on the Facebook site entitled The Facts on News Reports About Facebook Data, published Tuesday evening, that would be this Tuesday, two days ago as we record this, is designed to silence the growing criticism the company is facing for failing to protect the phone number and other personal information of the 533 million users after a database containing the information was shared for free in low-level hacking forums. Uh, The article goes on to explain in great detail, uh, by the way, how the uh, quote-unquote hack was performed. Um, And uh, it was, well... Not that technical, quite frankly. Um, and it's interesting because we actually talked a little bit about this when we talked about Clubhouse a few uh, uh, weeks ago, where, as it turns out, it's all about uploading your contact information to the social network to help find friends. And sure enough, Facebook, when you do that, creates all these shadow profiles of people in your contact address book. And what somebody did was, and I thought this was pretty ingenious, actually, was they just created uh, a database of every possible phone number in the world and started uploading them as a Facebook new profile. And basically, did it, if it found friends, then basically it confirmed that that phone number is for real. And so there you go. It started to be able to put those two things together. How this isn't considered uh, just 
like upper level stupidity. I don't know, but uh, Facebook apparently says they fixed the problem. Um, but uh, apparently it's your fault because you didn't take the appropriate security measures when you could have. What do you say about this, Joe? I, they're, they're just the most evil company I can imagine. I mean, really? Let's just put it out there, right? They, they, don't, they don't say they're, they don't apologize for anything. They knew about this. They've known about it for a long time. Oh, then, they, then when it comes out, you just basically say it's no big deal. And if it's anybody's fault, it's not theirs. I mean, it's just the same thing with the elections, same thing that everything else happens. It's just, I don't even know. I don't even know where to put Facebook in my hatred of social media sites. It's definitely the number one site that I cannot stand. And I, <laughs> I know you still use Facebook a lot. I, I post, I go on once every other day and I usually post one of our hiking pictures or whatever, just yeah. so people know what we're doing. And that's it. I don't really check it much anymore. But my fa- my information is already out there. I'm sure that's why any any type of uh, what, what did I get the other day? Somebody we got a fraudulent unemployment report from our company, and I bet you that's Facebook's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's somehow just, it's somehow so it's odd. tied to Facebook for Therefore, sure. Yeah. What would what should they have done? What like they just seem like it doesn't matter how bad they respond to these things it's just like people don't care because you know facebook is the worst and whatever they don't just care they don't care right well yeah i mean you know it's i would say it's not you know looking for the the simplest answer here i think it is uh not that they don't care but that they care more about the ability to serve up their business model yes, than they do the user's privacy um, because they understand that people the, the, you you know other than those of us that are inside baseball here you know because here's the thing when this came out this came out earlier this week and hit most of the mainstream media right yeah so it, it's only when these things hit you know they go beyond sort of the industry rags and they come to the mainstream media is when I start getting emails from uh, my friends, my family, my wife. Did you says, get Did you get notes on this one? Oh, of course. Okay. As soon as it came out earlier this week, um, I started getting notes on it. Right, like, and usually the notes are because I, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm the default IT guy in in, in the family because somehow I work in technology. Um, Basically, the the question is, do I care about this? Right? Do you know this seems really scary? Do I care about this? And my answer to that is is that well, it you do, but you if you care about this, here are five things that you might want to think about doing, which I'll maybe mention here in just a moment for anybody who cares about such things. But I said, but these are five things you should have done five years ago, right? And so, you know. There are there are worse things, right? The 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 you know the uh, trans the the credit union or not the credit union, sorry, the the credit bureau uh, tr uh, was it trans union trans union. Thank yeah. you. Uh, the 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 break in whatever it was two years ago was much worse than this in terms of the kinds of data that got that got exposed. So the the level of data here is pretty innocuous to be honest with you it's it's stuff that can be pretty easily sourced in a number of ways basically your name your email address and your phone number right your mobile phone number to be precise and so those things can be found right so but it's 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 not it's no less we shouldn't take it any less seriously but it's just it's stuff that you know in the scheme of life you know, it, we, we should think about it. It's not your bank account number. It's not your credit card. It's not your, you know, those kinds of, you know, if it was your social security number, none of those kinds of things got broken into. But at the heart of it, it, it really starts to bring up the whole, you know, to me, the access that social media and that has into our personal data and the usage of that data for productizing and monetizing. So hopefully what it is, is it's a bit of a lesson for us to say the next one that comes along, we're going to take it a little more seriously. And we'll see as a consumer class if we actually do that. The, the, the things, by the way, that I do um, are, one, I have a 
Google phone number, a burner phone number that I use for everything related Just to social Just for your media. social networks. That's great. That's right. That's excellent. Yeah. So, um, so that's a burner phone number. And then I also have a burner email that if you send it to me, I, the only th- place I use that burner email is as a unique identifier in some sketchy sites, social media being one of them. So I use that email to do that. And that email box, which is a custom domain that forwards to a Google mailbox that forwards to one of my real mailboxes. Basically, if anybody were to try and break in, they really can't because that email address is only used for that thing. It's not used for my mail. Oh, or anything that's a like great, that. that's a great email because that's, that's hot content at bigrobert.com. Is that correct? That's correct. That's the one. That's it. That's, that's exactly a great right. email, by the hot. way. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you call it? Hot content hot at Hot content at bigrobert.com. BigRobert.com. I'm going to go see if BigRobert.com is BigRobert.com is a thing. I like it. BigRobert.com. Okay, wait. I want to get on your things. Here's my my take with this. Nobody's going to do anything. No, Nobody cares about this. Nobody cares. We care about it for this week. The few people tweeting about this in this article and maybe five more, and then nobody cares about their online privacy anymore. Right, which which brings up, by the way, the second we'll link we'll also link to this in the show notes. The other Facebook news this week, which is you probably missed it because it didn't hit the mainstream news, which is that it's making a major change to make it easier for you to actually escape the algorithm-based news feed. Um, this for this story, we'll link to businessinsider.com. This came out um, on March thirty-first. Um, and it basically said Facebook's making major changes to its core functionality, the news feed, for all users when they sign on. Users will now be able to quickly switch between different categorizations of their feed from an algorithmically driven one to one arranged solely by chronological order to one chosen by users for a new from a new favorites tool. Uh, the new vice president of global affairs, Nick Clegg, uh, explained that you're now going to have a feed filter bar. When you scroll to the top of your feed, it'll be there. It'll always be there, and you can toggle between the feed as it currently exists to be, have it be chronologically ordered or algorithmically drawn, et cetera, et cetera. Just it, the key here is, is that understand that, the, one, it doesn't matter. Because they will target ads to you. Regardless. <laughs> Regardless. And, by the way, they will target... it. Does, so it doesn't matter how you look at it. They already ha- now have the data, uh, by the way, for being able to target those ads to you. So it, it doesn't matter how you view it. You're not going to... It's not any less or more secure. Yes, it might be a nice user preference for you. But the other thing is is that the number of people who are actually going to go to the trouble to make this change on a frequent basis are very, very small. And they'll have that data too. <laughs> so they can start optimi- So they can start optimizing ads to you based on how you look at your feeds. So it, 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 yay, it's a feature, but okay, but it's still, it, it's still the well, way. Yeah, it's something yeah, they I can mean, come back to and say, yeah, we've listened to you. Here's what we've done. Right. But... Really, all they should do if they if you really want to do something at Facebook that's going to impact their core user base, they should go to the Reader's Digest font size, is what they should do, because <laughs> right. that's all that's going to be left. You're going to be, and that's what my kids say it's for boomers only. Facebook is boomers yeah. only, is what they believe. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm with you. It's great. I don't think it's going to make a difference. There, this. The only reason they're making this change is because somebody did the analysis and found out that they can drive as much or more revenue through this type of a service. Exactly. And that, that is the key. What they're about. That is the key. All right. Let's move on to our next story here, which, of course, segues very nicely oh. into another wonderful social media network that is more on the new side. Um, and there was a lot of news this last week about our favorite new social audio social network, your favorite new social audio <laughs> network, the, the Clubhouse. Um, there's So there's three stories that we'll sort of just discuss in general. Let me just go through them quickly. First of all, from Bloomberg, 
Uh, there is a new article out that says Clubhouse is now discussing funding at about $4 billion of value. Uh, Clubhouse, the buzzy audio social network, is in talks to raise funding from investors in around valuing the business at around $4 billion, according to people familiar with the matter. A deal at that price would quadruple its value from January and would reflect the astronomical expectations investors have for the app. The second story that we'll sort of include into this is that just this last week, Clubhouse has now added a monetized direct payment option uh, through a partnership with Square. Uh, and it says uh, this, the article we'll point to is from Forbes, Joe's favorite publication. Uh, Clubhouse is continuing its creator first strategy by releasing payments, a direct monetization option for people who open and moderate rooms on the social audio app. But not every creator will get it immediately. All users will be able to send payments today and will be rolling out the ability to receive payments in waves, starting with a small test group today, said Clubhouse. Our hope is to collect feedback, fine-tune the feature, and roll it out to everyone soon. And the last one, which is sort of a speculative article here from TechCrunch, it says that Twitter, our friends at Twitter, have said to have held acquisition talks with Clubhouse on that $4 billion valuation deal. Uh, Twitter held talks with Clubhouse around a potential acquisition of the live drop-in audio network, says TechCrunch. Um, while the talks have occurred over the past several months, they're no longer taking place, though the reason why they ended isn't known. Well, perhaps it was the ridiculous $4 billion price tag that stopped those talks, but that's just me hypothesizing. What say you about all of well, this? When you say Mr. ridiculous, Blitzy? you mean ridiculous high or ridiculous low? Ridiculous high. Oh, are you kidding me? Ridic I don't. I mean, four billion dollars. No, I don't. It wasn't high enough. Are you kidding me? I, oh my god! I, here's the thing. Twitter had a chance. They should have bid eight to nine billion. They might have got it. They're not going to get it. They're going out and getting more money, whatever the valuation is right now. And guess who's going to come in with a fifteen billion dollar deal and scoop them up? Facebook. It's happening, sweetheart. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's happening, sweetheart. You know, you know, yeah. you know it's happening. And by the way, what was a four billion dollar deal last year is about a ten billion dollar deal this year because of the additional dollars in circulation right now and and asset inflation that's going like crazy, and all these deals and spacs that we've talked about. I, I think the clubhouse wants to sell. I absolutely think they. Oh, of course they want to sell. They want to sell while the getting is good. They want to sell. I mean, this is okay. Well, there's here's no the doubt that they want to sell. I, I don't. The I don't debate that at all. Yeah. Well, let's say yeah. the rumors are true, and Twitter went in with around a four billion dollar deal. Why wasn't it done? Because it's not high enough. Because they can get more, and they will get more. So here's my prediction: next two months, fifteen billion dollars or more, probably coming from Facebook, maybe some other big. Big wheeler and dealer. So what you're saying is, is that basically Andreessen Horowitz put in a hundred million bucks into this company in January, I think, December or January, um, put a hundred million bucks into this company. And then in March, about four months later, four or five months later, let's say, back with nothing other than a soft opening uh, of users have now said that the hundred million dollars that they invested into this business is should be now worth four billion dollars um, because they they the, the the somehow the company has quadrupled in value. Twitter came in and said, "Yeah, you're right. Four billion dollars is good." And they went, "Oh no no no, we didn't mean that. We meant actually it was fifteen billion dollars as the sale sale price." That's that's what you think. I think that it's a I think that whatever happened with the Twitter thing, and if it le I don't know if it's true or not, but let's say it's true, or if it does, if it's not true, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, whatever yeah. was I mean, leaked, we don't know. We don't know. We whatever don't know. was right. leaked yeah. was to get another big player in there to take a look at it and say, I mean, people forget that Facebook bought Instagram for a billion dollars and had 13 employees at the time. That was years ago. And what did that turn into? Probably Facebook's greatest thing right now is Instagram. Clubhouse is not Instagram. Clubhouse doesn't have to be Instagram. I it I know it can't be Instagram. 
You just hate Clubhouse. <laughs> why? Are, why do you? Why are you hating on the Clubhouse? I look. Here's the thing. Here, here's my here, here's my challenge. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, it, look. I, I should just take off. You know, it's like the mask singer, right? You know, it's, I've been I've been out here sort of. I should just pull off the mask and Come go. Come on, it's been yes. Big Robert all got? along, right? What do you <laughs> got? Hot you know? content at Big Robert. Let's do it. Yeah. Look, I, you know, as I've said on previous episodes uh, of Hot Topics at Big Robert. Um, it, it, the, the challenge with Clubhouse to me is that it's a great niche idea. I, I like the idea for its talk show. And in fact, interestingly enough, the, the uh, is, I think it's the, I can't remember which one is, the Forbes or the Bloomberg article, actually describes Clubhouse uh, the reporter describes the clubhouse as being a place where people host talk shows, radio talk shows. I think that's a great, that is a business model, I think. A niche business model, but a business model nonetheless. And if I look at it for the what it, what it could do in terms of being a platform for those who want to hold live audio talk show-like shows and build in an audience to be able to do that, a la a, I don't know, a Patreon or, or those kinds of things, it seems to me like a fine little business. And, and I say little in the scheme of sort of, you know, when we talk about the Facebooks and Instagrams and, you know, all those, you know, public-oriented companies is when I say little. Because if, if you just look at it, let's just say, for example, that they, that they monetize this thing with $5, $10. And there's, you know, the article that, that talks about the monetization scheme actually talks about, you know, you can tip somebody five bucks or 10 bucks. Yeah. And so they're going to get a piece of that, right? You know, right now there's a fee to send that money, um, which is going to Square, some of it, I'm sure. Uh, so great, by the way, great deal for Square. I'm, if I'm Square, I'm like, you know, da- dancing up and down, sure, like absolutely. free money. Um, but if, but let's say that they made the deal where Clubhouse gets some portion of that, maybe you know, a half a percent. Well, I don't know what the what the what the what the amount would be, but it would be a small small number. The number of transactions that have to take place in order for that to be any meaningful amount of money to get to a four billion dollar valuation is just is just in my mind impossible. So you go, okay, well, fine, they'll monetize another way. They'll monetize through advertising or targeted ads and stuff like that. Well, I, I don't see that happening because I don't see the transactions getting to a point where people go, you, you just don't go to Clubhouse the same level of frequency that you do a Facebook because it's not that kind of content. But it, you don't, yeah, but you don't have to. You could go on once a day or once every other day and listen for a long period of time. And they, because of that format, they can monetize you at higher rates. And we know this from podcasts. You know you'll pay a higher CPM than you would looking at an ad online. Of so, course you will. Of course you, you will. Don't but, the need, no, but they don't, the they don't of make up for each other. They you, don't, it doesn't scale the same way. Well, it just look at the no, scale the same Okay, way. well, you think that the whole valuation of is crazy. In, in uh, December, what do they have? Uh, not even a not even a million people using that site. That's it, right. Yeah, they had about a million, maybe not even, and they were one billion dollar valuation. Well, now they've got what fifty million people on it. So if you just go by that, you'd say, well, shoot, of course, four billion dollars. No, easy. No, I don't do that. Easy. I don't, you know, you, you you can say you can do that, but I don't do that. I don't. <laughs> I don't quadruple but mon- their valuation yeah, but monetizing based on it, the number of accounts that they have. Monetizing less people at higher rates is not a bad thing. You don't have to be I Facebook where you have... I disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. All I'm suggesting is, is that it's not going to scale in the same way that an Instagram or a Facebook or something like that scales. That's, it just doesn't scale that way. That's fine. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Why does everything have to scale big with you? It doesn't have to. <laughs> Because if it's going to get valuated at something like a Facebook or an Instagram, if you're going to put that hockey stick valuation on it, there needs to be some business model around that that actually works out to be that kind of op- okay. opportunity. You, you do you do realize that, let's just take a company like Tesla, has a market yeah. cap higher than every other automotive manufacturer in the world. Which I think themselves. we would all agree is overvalued. 
But this is the world we live in. I know. I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm suggesting changing, that it's... I'm changing my tune. 15 billion is not enough. It's going for 20. It's going for 20. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. It's going to so, happen. Anyways, yeah. does this have anything? Is this anything instructional that we can give to our listeners besides <laughs> you and I just bantering? <laughs> yeah, audio, I think there is a place. There is absolutely a place for Clubhouse for social audio. The problem that they're going to have is, and by the way, and I don't know if you've been on Twitter Spaces. I'm not impressed with Twitter Spaces. I think Clubhouse is better. We talked about it last week. I think LinkedIn has an opportunity here. LinkedIn would be great because there's so many business people on this channel. LinkedIn would be a great, that'd be a Microsoft, by the way. Microsoft, by the way, has tons of cash. You know, they're throwing whatever, how many billions are they throwing at? There's another example. Would they throw 10 billion at Discord? Discord doesn't have that much revenue. No, but, uh, you know, I I, I like the model of Discord better because they're combining things. They're combining the ability for interacting via text, via, you know, the written word versus the, you don't have to go on and be an audio, a live audio. And as, by the way, you can go in and read messages and experience discord asynchronously, right? There are, there are things that happen there where I can get caught up on things. I can't, you can't do that on the, 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 the anyway, I, you, I, you, 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 you yeah. have a podcast. We have a podcast here. We don't ask people to do anything more than listen. They don't have to go out and do something. They don't have to do the text thing. They don't have to do the video. They don't have to do anything else. Right. They just and have we to make listen. no money at this. We, we make no money at this. We make a little bit. <laughs> it's not bad. It's all no, part I, of the plan. I'm, I kid because I love, but but the, the 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 point being is is that we are not going to get valued at four billion dollars. We right? aren't, and, but there's other. And pop- right now, we have a bigger revenue stream than Clubhouse. I guarantee you that. But that, oh my God, how can you be? So I want to be valued at four billion dollars. You and I should be valued at four billion dollars <laughs> because, quite frankly, we have more of a business model than Clubhouse does at the moment. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. That's blasphemy. <laughs> that is blasphemy. Anyway, blasphemy. anyways, well, well, it'll, it'll, this will happen quickly. In the next couple yeah. of weeks, there'll it's, be another one out. Valuation is going to be ten billion. <laughs> oh yeah, this is. You, you got to remember, you did the whole special on SPACs, special purpose acquisition companies, right? That is, yeah, corporations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, did yeah. that whole thing. How many SPACs are out there that are worth more than ten billion that have nothing in it? They have nothing. They have nothing well, but a mission. You're not statement. wrong there. I mean, you're you're definitely not wrong. There but is that's a, what I'm there, saying. This is there is unre- a hype right now in terms of what's going on in you know and and, and look, uh, I, I am the first one to admit that that transactions will happen that make no sense to me. I I there, there those things. There's no doubt about it. And for those that are taking advantage of those transactions, like. If I'm interpreting your argument correctly, which is you're saying it doesn't matter whether it should happen, it's going to happen. That's exactly and, right. And I, you know, so I can't disagree with that. I, I, I think that's, I think you're probably right that, that <laughs> sillier heads will prevail here and you are probably right. Someone will come in and offer an astronomically stupid number for Clubhouse and they will do great. And Andreessen Horowitz will be up in their, you know, White Castle, petting their giant white cat, going, ha, 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 ha. They fools. They, they, they succumbed again, you know. So you've got Andreessen up there like Lex Luthor, sort of, you know, just, just looking up at, you know, the rest of us. And, 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 and yes, that will yeah. happen. But, yeah. Well, uh, we, I, well, I, we, we can, I can't we, get behind the silliness, yeah. I guess. Well, we, yeah, it, is, it is incredibly silly. And, we, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this in my rave. But what it really comes down to is companies like Twitter, Facebook, any, any tech company, Microsoft, that has a lot of cash, they have to move that money. They can't just keep it in cash. It has to go somewhere because if they just leave it in cash, they're losing 10, 15, 20% of the value year over year right now. Yeah. Because right. no people don't realize how much that money machine well, that's has a good been point printing that, that is actually, a, that's a really good point too. They need to do something with it. They, they, need they to, can't, you know. that's what I'm talking about. They, yeah. so, so people are, that's why you're seeing these incredibly silly valuations and people are hunting for innovation wherever they can because it's like, hey, 
we've never seen so much of a stockpile of cash with U.S. global corporations, but let's just say U.S. corporations that we have right now. And they can't keep it in cash, and they can't put it in bonds. And a lot of people think the stock market's overrated or overheated right now. So where do you put it? Yeah. Well, you can it's put a- it into Bitcoin like we've been seeing, or you can go and buy some one of these companies and take a flyer because the, the it's probably going to be less of a risk. Even if you lost 20 25% on the deal immediately, it's probably it's, a good risk to take. It's such a great point. Have you heard uh, – so uh, – uh, and, and – just as you're talking, because it's it's a really, really good point, because I've had so many emails from people that say exactly that, right? That are saying, look, it's one of this, the speculation that's going on right now in so much of this is just people trying to find a place to put that's right. cash because they can. Um, you know, have you, have you heard of this thing, BitClout? Yes. So, yeah, exactly, right? It's, it's like so, well, we're, it's what we're trying to do with Tiltcoin at Rally.io, but it is it's, way no, more it's just clout. It's clout. Yeah. It's just clout. It's remember the old thing clout where you had a clout score and your social media score. Well, it's basically the same thing, only for those who have issued tokens, right? Like like you and you know um, Jay Bear and, and and others that have sort of issued personal tokens, um, and even those who haven't issued personal tokens, basically celebrities where they create these, again, shadow accounts like Gary Vaynerchuk and, you know, Elon Musk. Yeah, exactly. And so you can basically invest in a virtual token that hasn't been created yet based on the perception of value of how it's going to rise in the future and blah, 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 blah. It's, you know, so uh, it's that kind of thing. Another one is, um, have you heard of this Jasmine? Um, I think I just did. What's Jasmine do? So Jasmine is a new, I think it's a Japanese company that is basically looking to try and create. Remember we talked about, you know, the opportunity here that maybe we could create a content coin or a customer data coin, right? Where for a, for a, you know, a price you could have a B2B person say, hey, you know, fill out my form for a white paper and you can, you know, I'll buy you, you know, I'll, I'll invest in your coin, right, to get your personal data. It's that. They've, they've, they've basically done that. They're trying to do that for personal data, put a, a monetary value on personal data. So, Well, isn't that we'll the see. same thing as you got a lot of, uh, I'm just going to say kids, but TikTok and YouTubers out there that are selling the time of their day? But people will, you'll say, hey, you go ahead and pay me X, let's say whatever this coin is, and I'll do, you know, for 15 minutes blocks, you can tell me what to do and I'll do it. They're oh selling, God. they're actually selling their time. This is crazy. This is, this is the be. world we live in. I'm just wondering when it's all. Welcome I mean, to I, a post COVID craziness world. Can you imagine? I mean, they're talking about the roaring 20s, but this is, yeah. this oh, is going be. to really get nuts. And I don't think we've even come close to how crazy it's going to be. Yeah. Because with the amount of money being pumped into all economies around the world right now, and for the fact that in the U.S., the Federal Reserve won't let the stock market tank and they won't let these investments die. They'll keep interest rates low, probably go negative. They're actually already negative. So you, it's they're just going to keep funding this silliness. It's yeah. not going away for a while. And then, Have then you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Oh, my gosh. Remember that? Remember that line from Batman? Have you, yes, that was when he was yeah. in the back corner of the Joker, and yeah, and he shot, and he shot him right. He, By the way, Michael I did Keaton, watch. Batman. I yeah. I did watch all of uh, the new Justice League, Justice League, the all four hours of it. It's great, isn't it? I I liked it. I I I, I enjoyed it. Okay, it's a good <laughs> story. But why yeah. every time when they do the backstory, they have to slow it down and play the operatic music. Oh yeah. Every I mean, well, that's I'm like, oh, okay, welcome well, to, I can welcome go to do every Zack Snyder movie minutes. ever, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for our rants and raves section. Yes, we've gone to that part already. The empirically proven favorite part of the show, where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that makes us feel like we're trading up for a quarterback or we're going to sit tight. And just wait it all out for the best player available. Um, do you want to go first, or shall I go first? Well, because I have a you have I, rant. I want I, yes, I I love your rants, and so I want to sit back and relax a little bit while I listen. So I'm going to go first. <laughs> and mine mine is a rave 
slash commentary. It's actually, it builds really well with what we've just been talking about. But I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Tops is in the news. Tops, the trading card company, you, you're, I'm sure you're yeah, well aware. I do. Yep. I have many uh, worthless baseball cards, or what I thought were worthless baseball cards from the 80s and 90s that seem to be of value right now. But anyways, I left Tops for dead. And I didn't think that anyone was going to collect baseball cards anymore. Well, I was incredibly wrong. And as with what we were just talking about on all these side markets, including you and I have had many discussions on the NFTs, the collectibles market is absolutely as hot as I've ever seen it for the reasons we've just talked about. Now, I looked into tops. Top sales rose 23% in 2020, which is amazing. And now they're planning to go public via... A spec. Who knew? <laughs> Special purpose acquisition nice. company valued at $1.3 billion. Now, also this week, I saw that, I don't know if you saw this, but the first comic book with Superman in it, Action Comics, uh, by the way, Superman, born in Cleveland, Ohio, just sold for $3.25 million, which is just part of this whole collectibles craze. And again, I... The, the, and the, you and I can get into the NFTs discussion, but it's, see, it's not just NFTs. It's everything. And then I'm starting to think, Robert, like, okay, why, why is the collectibles market hot? Why are NFTs hot? Why is Bitcoin hot? Why is oil hot? Why is the stock market hot? Real estate, everything is on fire that's not in the bond market or a money market account. So it just comes back to this idea of, of good old asset inflation. And I, and I did want to bring it back because we've been talking about this and how money printer go burr. Uh, money printer has gone so burr here. Last year, I don't know if you knew this, last wait, year. Wait, 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 hold, hold on a second. Go burr? What is that? You mean? didn't know that? That's a big meme. It, it's, burr? It burr, like burr, like it's spitting out dollars. Okay. Uh, like it's on, burr. Okay. Money. You're, Anyways. You're, you're down with what the kids are. Yeah, this was a yeah, big, okay. that was a big meme oh, last year, especially when Bitcoin was taking off. Right. Because it's everyone, going to the moon and yes. is that the same thing? Everyone okay. was saying yeah. is as long as the money printer's going burr, everything else is going to go <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> All right. We're so hip. Oh, we are hip. Yeah, okay. Last, so here's Continue the on, my here's, friend. Yeah, here's the number. Last year. Uh, 23% of all dollars in the United States were created in 2020. That's last year. Wow. Wow. This does not include the through whatever trillion dollar stimulus package that just went through. And it does not include the infrastructure package, whatever that will be. So the odds are in the next, if you, if you look at 2020 and 2021, you'll see, you could see 100% growth in the amount of available dollars. Uh, just so that gets back to our clubhouse conversation where it's not so weird anymore um and because you i've got the questions just like you have like why are these things going up well the dollar is like a melting ice cube like where do we put these things this actually was a rave i'm raving for tops I'm raving yeah. for good for them for staying relevant. For staying relevant, the, they yeah. came out early, uh, which I guess you would call an NFT with Garbage Pail Kids. I didn't even know at the time the Tops did own Garbage Pail Kids, but they didn't well, they come should, out. Yeah, and they, they should they do went, like the Crypto Kitties thing with the Garbage Pail. Kids. And they did, and they did, yeah. and they've been very popular. Now Tops is going to get into like. By the way, NFTs. When we talk about non fungible tokens and talk about how crazy some of these things are. The majority of the market, I think 60% of the market right now, are NBA top shots. So, the, I mean, if you look at that and you think that's going to continue as a thing, tops, Which it's not. Well. <laughs> that's, a whole other, that's a whole other show, Here's my the friend. thing. Let's keep going. Yeah. Why? Because of what we're saying. It's not, this is not happening because uh, anything that there's necessarily special with NFTs, but there are. And of course, there's a lot of problems. There's new tech and whatever, and you can say all the bad things you want to, but you got to look at the underlying factor. The underlying factor is where else are people going to put their money? And I know there's speculation, but seriously, where are you going to put it? You going to put it into Bitcoin or oil or stock market or real estate, or because you can't keep it in cash, you have to move it. If you're yeah. investing, if you don't want to lose that value, that's why I'm saying it's not as crazy as you think because of the environment we're in. So anyways, hats off the tops. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this too, but Funko 
Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they bought cool. a they bought an mm-hmm. NFT company. I think Dolphin Entertainment or something like that. They bought because they're going to come out with NFTs in June, which I'm sure will be amazingly successful. So collectibles are a really good place to be. Right. You know what now. I th- uh, here's what I should do. I, I I'm just I'm just coming to this realization now. I should just represent and reposition my consulting firm as. Uh, basically, all we do is 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 NFTs. We're 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 a new form of consulting, where every piece of advice you get from us is an NFT. It's unique. You own it. You own that piece of advice as as an as an NFT. Nobody else can have that advice except for you. You own it um, on the on the digital interwebs. And I'll bet my valuation would. I, I mean, I'm looking for people who want to park cash. You want to park some cash. Park it with me. I, I, I'm ready for it. How about that? I think changing the change the name, change the logo a little bit. Might yeah. I need to change that big Robert. Need to add some address. like need to add some like pixelation to you know like digital bits you know and 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 like a uh, some sort of you know QCAT or or <laughs> you know something like that. I don't know. <laughs> you're you're taking all the weird. I mean, there's more to NFTs than Crypto Kitties and. That kind of and people. I'm well, aw- I'm well aware. I'm well aware, my friend. Uh, anyways, well, Tops is making it work. Funko's gonna yeah, make it work. I, you know, there's I'm, some really I'm, good. There's some really good case studies out there for the application. And of course, you and I talked about how um, entertainment tickets of any kind. Yeah, that'll really come in handy when the when the originator gets paid every time there's a resell of a ticket. That's yeah. that's a big deal. That's happening as we speak. Picture me, picture me sit, you know, that, that great meme of the, the guy sitting back on his couch with popcorn. That's, that's me right now. Yeah. I think it's, if you had to make a comparison of where we are in this, you're probably looking at 1999 where we were with tech stocks and internet stocks. Yeah. I think that's right. I think we've got another year or so of silliness before. I think that's exactly right. Before you get to anything that looks, and by the way, and there'll, there'll be some clear, clear winners like some people don't realize that crypto punks came out in 2017 they're four years old now you know what somebody uh i saw that i i i, I keep forgetting to sort of put this out there but so i'll put it out here now i saw one of the coolest applications like totally throw like talk about bury the lead throw it away somebody posted a picture of uh, it was a, and not to bring politics into this, but it was about politics. It was some picture. It, I can't remember if it was the Capitol riots or it was something where the veracity of the picture at some point in the future might be, you know, disputed, right? Okay. And so they wanted to capture the moment in time. And somebody tweeted after the picture was tweeted out because it was some important picture that identified somebody for doing something wrong, et cetera, et cetera. They said, I've just made an NFT of this picture so that we will always know when, where, what, you know, basically the original is captured here. Like a truth stamp. Right. And I thought, now that's an interesting idea. If you start talking about digital files as evidence, Making an uh, making a, a an NFT out of that digital file to provide for uh, the provenance or you know and the process of evidentiary sort of uh, you know how it passes through different you know investigators' hands through you know the city attorney through the defense attorneys or all that kind of stuff. If you have an email or a text or an image or something like that. Would that you know somebody might go oh the district attorney manipulated that video or they manipulated that thing well. You could have that. That to me is a fascinating application of, of NFTs. Well, you you mentioned provenance, and I think that's that's the that's the key here. That's the key to the whole thing because you're just how do you best show the history of something and ownership? Well, well, right now NFTs are the best thing we have to doing that. And if if you believe in the technology, then you really have something there. So anything that was that was done by hand, if you're looking at anything from a will perspective, insurance, any kind of ownership changing, of course, we're seeing it in collectibles and in art and so on. Yeah. You're, you want that done digitally. That's really all we're talking about. It's digital ownership. It's, it's all we're talking about. We make fun of the whole NFT Well, thing. it's digital. It's digital. I, I think it's digital certification is probably more 
the 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 tokenization of it. I mean, I don't. We don't. We don't get into the debate here. We don't have the time. But but basically, it's the, the it's the tokenization of it, right? It's the you know. Again, I'll come back to what I said last week. Um, you know, with my the discussion I had with my friend Tim, which was that you know NFT is best described as a verb. It's not a noun, right? It's 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 a you you certify something with an NFT. You NFT it. And and that then becomes the 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 digital certification of its of its this yeah, and, unique thing, right? Yes, yeah, so instead it of going out and getting necessarily yeah. mean you own it, right? Yeah, it, but instead of signing ten thousand documents and getting a notary republic, you do this digitally. Totally, I, the smart contract stuff. I'm yes, a hundred and ten. That's all it is. It's all, yeah. all it is is a smart contract. That's, That's all right. we're talking about. That's right. People That's probably right. hate us for talking about. NFTs I know. So much. I know. It's we're getting a little. Let's over, get to your. Over I want to hear your your round okay. time for your rant. Go ahead. Yeah, my rant is is is. I'll keep it short. I promise. But but it's. So the in the drum, um, the, so the drum.com, if you know this magazine, this newspaper um, is, you know, they cover a lot of things, marketing, business, et cetera. Um, by the way, ranking right up there with Forbes in terms of making it impossible to do things. Um, I know you had some trouble getting oh to this gosh. article. I can't. Yeah. I, as soon as I, I, I had to click through seven things and then I finally saw the article and then then I couldn't see it. It graded yeah, it out. You have to sign up. Yeah. So I'm going to warn you in ahead of time that it's going to make, there is a soft paywall here to get to this article. If you choose to go read it, um, I'm signed up. And even me, when I came in on my mobile phone for the first time I saw this article, I had to re-sign up because it didn't recognize my law. It just, the you know, hey, the drum, fix your, you know what? Okay. Anyway, the article uh, written by a guy who we've talked about before on this show, uh, who does not love the idea of content marketing. Uh, his name is Samuel Scott, um, and uh, he, his headline for his article in the opinion section, by the way, is "Content is the worst word in marketing." And back in the day, you and I used to have this sort of. We used to talk about this formula, right? When people would poo-poo the idea of of content marketing, we would say, "Come in, mischaracterize the practice." poo-poo that mischaracterization and then, you know, and, and profit, right? Yeah. And this follows that recipe perfectly. Um, he, he has two major points that he tries to make here, um, which is that one, content marketing, and, and he actually does say, and in the very top is basically almost the lead of the, uh, of the opinion piece. He says, you know, let's start at the beginning. Bill Gates wrote in 1996 that content is king. And what did he mean? He meant that the internet allowed anyone to become a media company. But if you're selling a product rather than the media itself, is that profitable? I will argue that it is usually not because media outlets are very different from consumer brands and tech companies. The business models that are most effective in each are not the same at all. Obviously, both you and I fundamentally, foundationally disagree with that. I mean, that is just, we could not be in more, you know, foundational disagreement about that statement. Um, and we wrote a whole book about it, in fact, um, about that. And if he can't recognize that there's a counter opinion to that, then he's not paying very much attention. Then he goes on to really get to the meat of his beef, I guess, which is, is that the word content is too broad and that when we say content or content marketing, we're not really, we don't really mean anything because he would much rather it be described as, uh, you know, direct marketing or advertising or, you know, uh, journalism or very, be very specific about what it is, what kind of content we are actually creating, which again, you know, if you want to peel away all the semantics, fine. If it really bugs you that we don't, you know, that we don't have, that we don't use the more, you know, broad term, well, then we probably shouldn't use the word marketing either. We should probably use the word, you know, something for each individual granular activity that we're doing. Because if you say, well, I'm doing marketing, well, that doesn't tell me anything either, really. It doesn't tell me anything that, you know, if I, are you doing advertising? Are you doing product development? Are you doing uh, positioning? Are you doing pricing? Are you doing, what part of the part are you actually doing? So I, I just, the, the, the whole full scope of the point is lost on me other than being able to complain that content is too, too broad and he doesn't like it because it doesn't 
aptly or precisely describe the activity that we're doing, um, it it just seems to me like, well, then you really just don't like broad terms at all. And that basically when someone comes into your office and wants to tell you what they're doing for you from a marketing perspective, you expect them to say, I'm writing an email of journalism-oriented content that will go out to users to precisely deliver the value of this. It's like, no, you're just writing some content. (laughs) It's that, that's it. My overall beef with this is not that he has some, like, you know, spends a thousand words talking about why he doesn't like the word content. My overall beef with it is that, once again, he mischaracterizes the idea of what we're doing in the practice of content marketing. And again, I don't care if you call it content marketing. All I care is is that you are operating and looking at the model of being like media and using that to build audiences that deliver reach and all the things that we talked about. Don't need to lecture this audience on that. The, the, the problem I have with it is, is that it, it, at, its, at its very surface level, you read this article and you go, yeah, it makes sense. We should probably get more precise than content. Yes, we probably should. But right now, it's what we do. It's the way we describe it. Just yeah. like we describe it as advertising. Just like we describe it as marketing. Everybody kind of knows what we're talking about here. And it's a way to shorthand the language so that we don't have to spend 10 minutes describing what it is that we're precisely doing. It's part of communications. It's part of the evolution of marketing. It's part of the evolution of language. So get over yourself and just live with it. And that's my rant. Well, you, you and I have lived this. I mean, how many, I can't tell you how many meetings I was in where I was trying out terms just so I could be on the same page with the chief marketing officer and they would understand what we what I was trying to get across. And this only confuses that idea even more. We got, and and see, that's, that's where, and I don't know this guy from Adam, so I I don't know what his background is, but if you. He's a newspaper, he's a former newspaper guy. Okay. Well then, then it makes sense because if you sit in front of enough marketers and you say, oh, it's custom media or it's custom publishing or it's custom content or it's direct marketing or it's branded content, they don't understand until you say content marketing. And for some reason it makes sense to them. Right. It it does and you can you can then stop talking for 10 minutes because they automatically understand. Oh yeah, I'm marketing by creating original content and trying to build a relevant audience by you know whatever the case is, they get it right away. So that I think that's where the issue is when and we've got a couple of people out there that have been poo-pooing on the the term forever. And I'm with you, right? You got a better term? Use a better term. Right now, there's not one. There isn't. Yeah. This is this is how you can save thirty minutes of discussion with somebody and get right to it and say, okay, let's get to work. That's right. So that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And 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 ultimately, he spends not a lot of time in his article talking about the idea. So he he opens it by saying he's going to explain why the idea that content marketing replacing all other marketing and advertising is 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 wrong headed, and we'd be the first one to say. Duh, we're not we're not proposing that we're not proposing that this idea of becoming more like a media company, building audiences, using content that delivers value. We're not suggesting that it replace all your paid advertising or that your direct marketing or the other of the three P's that you might put into the practice of marketing. And in fact, (laughs) I mean, for crying out loud, we open up our book, you know, you and I open up our book, which I opened up just the other day because I was feeling nostalgic, by the way, and Aww, I was reading the, fr- nice. the front pages of it. And, it. and it's like the very fir- first page of our book talks about, by the way, the whole title of this book, we want to just tell everybody that we're huge fans of marketing. We're fanboys of marketing. We've been doing marketing, advertising, all of the things for, uh, you know, many, many years, and we absolutely love it, and we, it's not going away. But... There is this new idea that you can start to employ into your business strategy that might be helpful for reaching and converting and persuading other audiences, and it's this idea called content marketing. And so, uh, you know, either either he's willfully not paying attention, or he is paying attention and just wants to be provocative, or he's just you know dense. And and I, you know, I'm going to assume that it's one of the former and not the latter because he seems like a smart guy. But I have seen, and you have seen as well, that people that come from media backgrounds have more trouble with this than most. That's right. That's, that's a good point. And that's I get a good it. Point. I totally yeah. get it because I think it's like a made-up word. 
But when you sit in front of enough marketing people, you realize, ah, it's pretty good. Works, work, does it does the job, does the job it needs to do right now. Right. You got a That's better one in five years. Call That's me. right. Call, so, call me. Call me. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening, sweetheart. sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, where? What are you doing this week? Well. As Other than as, working for a living now that you have a new business. Yeah, I got, there's lots of stuff going on. But specifically what I have going on right now is as soon as I'm done producing uh, this podcast that people are hopefully listening to and haven't shut off, I am recording the rest of the audiobook for Content Inc., oh, which is actually fantastic. due in 24 hours, and I'm halfway through. Uh-oh. And, and as you know, you've done this a couple times. I've done it a couple times. When you're not feeling the groove, I mean... You, it's hard. You, once you get, you know, once you record for three or four hours straight, you, you start getting a little loopy. Yep. Yep. You so have to stop. You, you, and you really, stop. literally do. You need to stop yourself at that point because you'll start rushing it and then you'll not be happy with yeah. the result. And then if you start drinking, it just yeah. goes sideways. <laughs> well, it's all over. So what do you, what do you, what do you got going on? Uh, I am, uh, uh, as the as the cartoon, uh, I can't remember which one it is. It's like the Rudolph goes to Christmas or something, where the guy goes. I'm, no, it's Frosty the Snowman, where the magician's like, I'm busy, 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 busy. Um, I am very busy with uh, client work right now, and uh, which I'm just blessed and happy about. So yeah, as soon as awesome. we fi- I finish this, I'm going to be jumping on with a kickoff call with a client, and then jumping into another deliverable and and all of that. So it's uh it's it's all good here in the hood. It's good to yeah. We're we're in a good spot in the industry. Things are yeah. moving and shaking. Moving NFTs and, shaking. and twenty billion dollar valuation for Clubhouse. Boom. See you next week. All right. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for us. If you want to get all the goodness of this podcast show notes or dive into any of the other 265 episodes, why don't you just head on over to our shiny website? It's thisoldmarketing.site. We want to thank the good folks at Radix for powering our thisoldmarketing.site, and you can get your own .site domain over there at Radix. And until we meet again, folks, just remember, it's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.